Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, fan-sided, daily DDT, my man. How you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about you, brother? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Hope you and the family had a great uh, July 4th holiday. Uh, we're taping this on July 5th. You can find Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant. Again, great work for both Bleacher Report and fan-sided DDT. Go ahead, check out the work. Find myself, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z on both IG and Twitter. Find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music and YouTube.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. Go ahead, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, show some love and support for your boys on the program. So, Grant Matthews, Money to Bank, London, happened over the weekend. I would say a pretty solid event. Uh, not not much flaws or anything negative to say about it. I don't know about you, but I think for me, it's viewing fam. Uh, pretty solid. Um, saw some comebacks. We saw some turns. And we finally saw Roman Reigns get pinned for the first time in, what, three years, four years? Oh, three and a half years, some shit like three that. Three and a half years, yeah. Before we get into the actual specifics of the event, um, you know, you cover this this sport uh, daily. What was your overall, what was your expectations going into Money in the Bank? And now after seeing it, what was your overall thoughts about the event? I was looking forward to the event. I had high expectations and I thought it delivered. I think my big takeaway, and I said this on Twitter the next day, was that WWE's stellar stretch of pay-per-views, I think in 2023 alone, and even at the end of 2022 when Triple H first took over, I don't think that stuff can be understated as far as I think these shows have been so good. They deserve the recognition they, they've gotten for being as good mm-hmm. as they have been. I can't think of a single stretch of shows that WWE's put on pay-per-view wise. I said 15 years, you can go back even further than that. I mean, there've been good stretches of WWE programming and pay-per-views in that time, obviously, but not like from a January to July stretch. You can go back to maybe, you know, 2000, maybe, I mean, that, that, that's a long time. I know that, that might be an exaggeration, but I can't think of another period where WWE consistently delivered with these shows. Not that every part of these pay-per-views are perfect. Some are better than others, but I thought Mania overall was great. Elimination Chamber was awesome. Uh, Rumble was good. Net of Champions was quite good. Backlash was a phenomenal show, as we talked about at the time. And Money the Bank on Saturday was quite good as well. So uh, as far as this show goes, I thought it was really, really good. Two great Money in the Bank ladder matches, the men's being better than the women's, but the women's still had its moments, especially towards the end. Um, good winners, nothing really to complain about. Surprises, legit surprises. Um, thought there was a chance Drew might show up, didn't know how or when or you know whatever, and he did. Uh, John Cena making an appearance, which was quite cool, even though it wasn't for anything overly significant. I thought that was a nice little segment. The main event was awesome, the Bloodline stuff. Um, big moment to close the show, satisfying moment with the Usos finally giving Roman his comeuppance. So just a really, really good show. The Ronda Rousey, you know, turn from Shayna on Ronda uh, was great as well. So uh, I, I really liked the show, and the crowd in London only made it that much better. I think, you know, when I was watching the post-game, you know, post-press conference with, with Hunter, yeah. they were asking him about, you know, they've been doing really well with the with the big international shows you mentioned money yeah. in the bank you mentioned backlash but that was fucking phenomenal down in puerto rico um even clash of the castle earlier um you know back in 2022 and they've been having a good run of really solid shows you know wrestlemania was was fucking awesome on, on both days um you mentioned chamber the rumble so it's been a good stretch where a lot of fans don't have much to complain about i mean a little tweak here and there but i'm talking about from an overall standpoint it's like nah that was really yeah. 
really good and you're enhancing storylines you're bringing people back you're making people like oh what, you know what's going on like you make them watch every single raw smackdown and now it's like you mentioned I, I, when he, uh, John Cena came back. He, he's he's promoting WrestleMania to be in London down the road. Um, you know, fucking Drew McIntyre comes back, and now looking like to be the the main contender for for Gunther for the IC title. You know, the, his title reign is, is pretty much up. I think third, all um the third longest all time. Am, am, am I wrong with that? He might be second already. I don't know if it's third. No, I think it's third because I heard him. They say Honky Tonk was one. I think Macho yeah. Man was two. Oh, okay. So Macho Man held it for how many days? I'm trying to think. We're already a year and a month in. So I think Macho Man was 400. Macho Man was 400? I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You might not be wrong. Might be might be worth a quick search. But if it is 400, then we would be closing in on that. I mean, he breaks Honky Tonk Man's record in early September. Which is in like two months. He breaks it on like September sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. I think. So he, he's probably. I'm almost positive he's going to break Honky Tonk Man's or um, Randy Savage's record. I don't know what Honky Tonk Man's. I'm not sure. All right, Honky Tonk Man. I know because obviously I'm I'm older than you, so I remember. It's four. I thought know, it was like four thirty four, but that's that's CM Punk. So Honky Tonk Man is four fifty four. Four fifty four. Okay. And then. It's a long Macho, time. Macho Man was 414. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then yeah. Pedro, okay. was, Pedro was 425. So Gunther right now. So he's almost at 400. He is 389. Okay, yeah, he's getting so close. He, All right. He got some ways to go. But as a fan, again, going back to, uh, to McIntyre, uh, you think this Gunther run is gonna long is gonna last past SummerSlam, even now, even maybe till at least Rumble Mania? Like they they want to break certain records. And yeah, we, we heard that. They yeah, want yeah. Roman to break the Pedro and the Hogan's and the Punks and all them fucking records. And I think they, they yeah. want they want to do the same for Gunther. So, do you think Drew had the chance? They'll probably go at it at SummerSlam. But do you think it's the right time to 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 drop the belt to McIntyre, or you feel Gunther's gonna keep going on as champion? So yeah, we've we've heard that rumor that right that they want to clear up all these records and refresh the record books. That's why uh, Bianca get him broke. Out, get him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the Usos and Bianca yeah. all breaking records and stuff. Roman Reigns, obviously, as you mentioned, with Gunth. So, do I think he will? I'm a little less sure now, just because I feel like this is not maybe not the first time. WrestleMania felt like the first time where his title reign felt like it was really mm. in jeopardy, and he ended up winning there. And my thing was at the time, I really felt Sheamus should have won the championship. That was the whole story. He fell to Gunther twice last year. He's the only one that really gives a shit about that championship, it seems like, as far as like wanting to win it and for the first time, become Triple Crown champion, blah, blah, blah. He did not win, and he ended up on SmackDown. Gunther went to Raw's. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So they ended up on yeah. separate shows. My thing was at the time, if he's going to win, which he did, then you got to go all the way and have him break the record. If he's just going to lose at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, which he didn't, or any other time before then, or before the record's broken, then not that it's a waste, but I'm just thinking, like, why not just go all the way at that point? Because that would have been the time to do it. I would have rather seen Sheamus take the championship, and neither of these guys are fresh faces, I get it. But Sheamus winning the championship would have felt fresh. McIntyre, not that it wouldn't feel fresh. He's been champion, but not in, like, 13, 14 years. It's been a long time. But still, I feel like the moment would have made more sense with Sheamus. 
Uh, I do feel like there's a chance that McIntyre could break the record and break the reign um, at SummerSlam. And that's not the worst case scenario. It's not like, I don't, I don't know who would be like a bad scenario, but someone that doesn't exactly need it, uh, like Cody Rose or something dumb like that. I don't know, Rollins or I don't know. I just don't think that would have been, that would have made all that much sense. McIntyre makes a little bit more sense. He hasn't held that championship in a long time. Um, so still, I would rather see someone else win it that isn't already established like McIntyre. Uh, someone get like a big rub from beating Gunther, handing him his first loss in the main roster. McIntyre's an okay choice. I think there's a chance, and I think there's a, a real possibility McIntyre could beat him on that show. And if mm. he doesn't, the next pay-per-view after that, which I think is payback in early September, Labor Day weekend, is also before Gunther would break the record. So it's not mm. a case of like, all right, Gunther can win the first one, and then he can win the second one, like, or McIntyre can win the second one. The second one, if it takes place on pay-per-view, would also be before the record's broken. So... Um, I, I would like to see Gunther break the record personally. We'll never get this close again. I don't think Gunther's reign has also been great. It's not like he's just holding the championship like Rowan at this point for the sake of holding it. Um, it actually means something. Uh, I don't know, though. I, I think I think McIntyre is going to take it. That's my prediction. I'm trying to do the count. I, I'm trying, I, I think maybe – I think by September, if he holds on, I think by September he would pass – Honky Tonk Man, I think. Not September 1st, I think. That's the thing. I think it's like the 7th or 8th. So early September. If he holds yeah, but on, it's, he, after he, that, it's after that pay-per-view. That's the problem. I mean, they could always uh, have him drop it on Raw or something, but I'm just saying, if they want to do yeah. it at Payback, then, I mean, I wouldn't do it at fucking Payback anyway. I would have Gunther lose it at, like, Survivor Series because that's just the yeah traditionalist thing, maybe, but I don't know. Because I'm looking because now, you know, me being the, the throwback guy uh, coming up, in August will be the, the 35th anniversary of the first SummerSlam. And okay. that's where Honky Tonk Man dropped the belt to the Warrior. Oh, all right. So I'm thinking, like, oh, shit. So the record got snapped August 29th in 1988. So okay. you talk about September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 7th, whatever, that time frame, Gunther's going to probably beat that record by a week. I think. If he loses it by then, or if he... And I'm saying, like, from a throwback standpoint, when Honky dropped the belt at the 454th day at SummerSlam, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that, that time frame is really, really, merely close to each other, where Honky stopped the record, and Gunther's going to break that record probably a week after that. So that means Honky Tonk Man must have won it a little before Gunther did in 1986 or 1987, right? So he must have won it like June, early June, late May. Honky Tonk Man won, yeah, June second, nineteen eighty-seven. Gunther won his June tenth, so that makes sense. That's what I'm saying. So, not, so he would be eight days off. All right. So he, yeah, you're, yeah, by a week he wouldn't. If if Gunther were to lose it there on August 29th, I don't know what day of the week that is off the top of my head. I, I could probably tell you if I thought about it, but um, he, he wouldn't break the record. He would have to wait till September. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, that that is interesting. I didn't even think about that being the anniversary. That's pretty cool. Listen, man. I think I think he should beat the record. Um, and I think years ago we thought the Miz the Miz was gonna do it. I think he was he was I very did. close. I did think that, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, Drew could be the guy to take him down. We don't know, but it's like if if he's not the guy, you got to figure out who's gonna be the guy after Drew McIntyre. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, just depends on who's out there. But you know, they can hold. Th this can really hold off until. Whatever show that is in September, where Drew doesn't win at SummerSlam, but they have a rematch, and then they drop the belt. But 
Um, I think, listen, all records are meant to be broken. I think Honky Talk Man's going to be out of here. I think Macho Man's going to be out of here. Pedro, <laughs> Pedro's out of here too with the Roman Reigns stuff. So, um, I, I, I like the title reign, and I think Drew could be the guy to, to take him down. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that. You make a good point, though. I'd say the same thing with Roman Reigns, too, where we're at a point now with all of these reigns. All right, who's going to be the one to end them? You know, who's going to end these reigns as the longest reigning this or that? Yeah. Roman, I still say it's Cody, and I feel like it's going to be WrestleMania. If they have that in mind, then great. They need to know when this shit is coming to an end. And it should have come to an end of WrestleMania, but whatever. We're not going to get into that right now. Uh, with Gunther, I mm. think... Yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's a whole other conversation. I don't know really who should be the one to take down Gunther. McIntyre's not a bad choice. Right. I would just I'm I'm again I'm big on passing the torch to someone new because we honestly you know it's funny though Gunther's first loss of any kind in WWE actually happened because of McIntyre back at Survivor Series 2019 when they had that Raw SmackDown NXT match. McIntyre oh, yeah. fucking pinned him in like five minutes. <laughs> it wasn't a single <laughs> match. It was a tag team match. But still, people were like, what the fuck? Gunther's been yeah. undefeated, Walter, at that point. He's been undefeated all year, and the guy just takes a loss like he's a nobody. That was so fucking dumb. You can mm. always go back to that. I would not have him be Gunther. I wouldn't be upset if he did. I would rather like someone benefit like a Johnny Gargano, which is comical at this point because the guy's not even on the show. Um, but you look at the Raw roster, I'm not really sure. Like I, I don't have the roster in front of me, but... You know, Matt Riddle already lost. Ali's already lost. What other baby faces? Did, I mean, it's not fucking Randy Orton. I don't want to see that if he comes back. Um, I'm not really sure. I would rather go with someone like a Gargano, but again, that's just me. I would have said Austin Theory, but he's currently the U.S. champion. But what about actually that I, I've thought about this before? I don't think about this right now. What about Priest cashing in for that championship? I don't want to see it. But I think there's a real chance that can happen. Priest, if he breaks out on his own as a babyface, could be the one to beat Gunther. I don't like that idea because I think that briefcase should be used for world title opportunities. In mm-hmm. theory, just cast it on a fucking mid-card title last year. Let's start going back for the world championship here. But That's something right. to keep in mind now. So. Uh, speaking of Damian Priest, uh, I know you're a big LA Knight guy. I think you would have, um, if you were a betting man, you would have bet that LA Knight was going to walk out as uh, the Money in the Bank winner. He did not. Uh, the fans love him. Uh, I would have picked him too, but I told you prior, I said, hey, with the way they're pushing Damian Priest, now, and the Judgment Day has been pretty much at the forefront of the shows on Raw. Um, you know, the, the 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 backlash show in Puerto Rico, like that was a good a tail sign of Damian Priest could be something down the road. And now he's he has the briefcase. And, you know, I think he's going to break away from Judgment Day at some point in time. He'll probably get Finn Balor at SummerSlam. So that'll be, they'll break up. And now he'll be on his own. So now, as a fan, are you were you shocked, surprised that Damian Priest won it, or more like, damn, like you said, LA Knight has the momentum, he has the crowd, he is he's all that, but maybe it's a little too soon to pull that trigger on LA Knight because there's already momentum going for Damian Priest. I would have given it to LA Knight. Um, I thought, honestly, Logan was. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, the the thing with Damian Priest is not a bad choice just because he does make storyline sense. I mean, it's not like someone completely random or, like, Logan Paul winning it I did not like just because – and I like the idea of him holding the briefcase. But the problem is that this year he's a part-timer, and we already have a part-timer world champion on one brand. If he was going to win it – I mean, whoever wins that briefcase – should cash in successfully, What, regardless of what championship, and it should be for a world title, like I mentioned. 
the last couple of briefcase holders for the men anyway have been completely fucking awful and have not cashed in successfully or just hasn't gone well or they've been booked terribly. This has been going on for like four or five years now. Aside from Big E, the rest of them have been pretty ass. So I'm hoping Bree, mm-hmm. um, Damian Priest can break that streak, break that curse. Um, and he's very good. I'm a big Damian Priest guy. I'm not going to be one of those people saying, oh, LA Knight lost. He's buried and Damian Priest sucks. Wrong choice. No, I'm, honestly, if it wasn't LA Knight, Damian Priest was the next best choice. I'd rather have him win it over Shinsuke or Ricochet or even Butch or Santos I like, but he just wasn't ready. Damian Priest is ready. That was evident to me and many other people during the Bad Bunny program, how great of a match that was, putting him over. And every, I mean, honestly, I saw him as a future world champion two years ago when he first came to the roster. He was getting over as a baby face, and they fucking turned him heel for some dumb reason. And he's been kind of in purgatory since then. But now they're finally taking the steps to make him a main event player. And I think he can be a world champion. I think he should be a world champion. So LA Knight will be fine. Um, I like the idea of him facing Logan Paul at SummerSlam. Based on what we saw in Raw this week, that's not going to happen. It's going to be Ricochet and Logan Paul most likely. And that's fine with me. If Logan Paul can pick up a win for the first time since like last year's SummerSlam, that's yeah. fine with me as well. Um, and that leaves LA Knight. What do you do with him? As long as he ends up towards the top of the card at some point, I know Triple H said during the press conference, oh, good things come to those who wait, which is such fucking bullshit because, I mean, I would love to believe that, but this company said that so many times with other things. Let it play out, and then it doesn't play out. Or the story How dare you say something that Hunter says is bullshit? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would love to believe them that that it's true, but Vince having his hands in in the pot as well is kind of, you know, considering that he almost fired the guy a year ago, LA Knight, that is. So I think the next best choice for him at this point, and as meaningless as, as meaningless as the championship is, the United States title. At this current point, Theory ain't doing shit with it. As long as he ends up being a babyface because he's so over LA Knight, he can be the one to take the championship from uh, Theory probably at SummerSlam. That's what I would say. Mm. So as of right now, uh, I don't have a SummerSlam card in front of me just yet, but I think all signs point to Damian Priest and Finn Balor in a one-on-one. Uh, yeah. Do we don't uh, know? You think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know. I mean, why not? I so I was thinking that too. If you asked me, we either ago, that or a triple threat for the world title: Finn, Damian, and Seth. But that would that would that would defeat the purpose of having money in the bank anyway. I mean, I I hate to say this, but we've seen this shit before where people have gone for world titles even while Mr. Money in the Bank Rollins himself did it a number of years ago. I yeah. I don't like that idea either. I think it's fucking dumb. I agree with you. Um, I think a triple threat, I'm just, I'm not saying what I want to see. I'm just saying what's likely is probably a triple threat. I think I would prefer a triple threat as dumb as that is. I just, I've seen people say Rollins and Balor again. Why? Balor beat him at Money in the Bank. I'm sorry, Rollins beat him at Money in the Bank. Yeah. I just think that's silly. I don't want to see that again. I mean, I know they're continuing the story. I don't know. I just don't think that makes sense. Uh, Priest and Balor would be great. Just, I don't think they're ready to pull the trigger on the split yet. I mean, they have a, they have four Raws left until the pay-per-view. So could they do it? Yeah, they, they could do it. Um, and they might have enough time to build up that match. I just I thought if we were going to get the turn, it might happen to the pay-per-view. Yeah. We're on Raw, and neither happened. So that tells me they're not ready to pull the trigger on the turn yet. But I could be wrong. Um, I mean, they could do a triple threat, but not involve Damien. They could do Finn, dare I say Dom. And Seth, 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 Seth and Judgment Day are going to go, you know, hand in hand until SummerSlam. So but aside from anybody from a Judgment Day faction, like there is no one else you can see Seth defending that title against. So um, that's going to be tricky. I, I, it, it's got to be either A, Finn again, 
or it's a Finn Dom and Seth Rollins and then Damian can cash in. Are you a fan of people just running in, cashing in and get that moment? Or are you a fan of like, I'm letting you know ahead of time when I'm cashing in, like the like 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 how Rod Van Dam did it back in the day. Well, yeah. For the run-ins or all right, we're gonna build up this match. I mean, it depends on the person. I think if it's uh, if it's a heel saying ahead of time, I'm going to cash in on this day that seems odd. Uh, I don't know if we've seen that before. I know Kennedy said at one point when he held it, oh, I'm going to cash we've in. Seen it, right? John Cena did it. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking as as a as a as a heel. Heels oh. don't typically do that. Baby faces True. have. Like you said, Cena did it. RVD did it. I thought someone else did, but I don't think. I don't. Actually, I'm sorry. Braun Strowman did. Braun Strowman did it as well. I mean, you wouldn't remember because we're so fucking terrible. He cashed it on Brock five years ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, he cashed in on Roman at a pay-per-view. On like, mm. a, he's like, oh, I'm going to use this at the pay-per-view, and then he ended up going to a no contest, and it was a waste of the briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I prefer that route, actually, as silly as that sounds, because it's something different. In other 20 years, we've had this concept. It's very rare that we see that um, with a baby face. I would love for Damien to turn face while holding this briefcase, and then he cashes in ahead of time and announces it and then wins the title. You know, like I said, Strowman ended in a no contest. Cena's ended in a DQ. Those were both fucking wastes. The RVD one was the only one done right. Only once in the last 18 years has someone done it, and it's been done well with RVD cashing in ahead of time and then actually winning the championship. Um, I would like to see that with Damian. I don't think he will. Um, I think Io Sky, again, she's another one that might turn face by the time that at times when it comes time for her to cash in. I don't think she's going to cash in right away anyway mm. um I, I i would prefer that but they would have to be a baby face and it would have to make sense and they would have to win as well for them to cash in and now they're cashing and lose is pretty dumb yeah i'm trying to see if they got um the card for SummerSlam, but they apparently don't um so damian priest wins that money bank eo sky wins the women's money the bank ladder match um which is fine because they had you know bailey don't need it becky don't need it trish don't need it zelina uh, could have been cool for Zelina. Um, Zoe Stark, I think, is too too young um, for her to get it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe there's an initial breakup with damage control and see where that goes. But I think Damien's going to – I don't know. I think SummerSlam could be the spot. I, I don't think he's going to wait two, three, four months for that. Um, and might as well strike while the iron's hot. You already have this beef with Seth Rollins. Might as well do it now. So Unless you want Seth to be world champion through WrestleMania, that's a different story. But um, – what else we got here for Money in the Bank? Um, I say Gunther beat Matt Riddle, Cody beat Dominic, um, which is which is fine. Then Seth beat Finn Balor, as we mentioned. Uh, Liv Morgan. Oh, new new tag champion. All right, here we go. So in the tag title match, Ronda Rousey and, and Shayna lose to Liv and Raquel Rodriguez, but Shayna turns on Ronda Rousey. But everybody is like, I guess she got a good re- <laughs> a good reaction for doing that. Um, and then the promos on Raw. I'll uh, talk about we don't want to hear you on the microphone. There's rumors that Ronda could be leaving. Um, we, we don't know how truthful that is, but it, it brings a pretty interesting dynamic where you're going to get Shayna and Ronda Rousey, I assume, at SummerSlam. Uh, could it be Ronda's, Ronda's last match? We don't know. But I like the fact that now they're giving Shayna something to do. She's talking more on the microphone, more with the passion and everything. And, you know, you're putting pretty much stuff that's been said backstage and, and, and you know, online, whatever, to the forefront. Uh, people just don't really have, have a good vibe for Ronda Rousey. And I think, you know, her being in a tag team round was something good that she wanted to be a part of. 
um now if she's not going to be in the in the long term future that's that's kind of you know fucked up uh i still ha- i'm still a big fan of ronda rousey um what was your take of Shayna turning on ronda and now i think ronda is the heel in this situation don't you think i love the question in your voice because i i agree we have no idea there really is no confirmation as to what the <laughs> role is going to be and i know there's something to be said about shades of great characters and whatnot but it's like it is it is interesting i don't know i hear shana talk and it sounds like she's supposed to be the heel but the crowd's behind her and i feel like they know that the crowd's going to be behind her because they know yeah. they hate ronda they know people do not like ronda and they know that when they script lines like what they did for Shayna about like, oh, no one wants to hear you talk because you mess up your lines, whatever. They know people are going to cheer that. So she might be a baby face for this feud and then be a heel again after it's over. I don't know. Um, listen, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I like it, but I'm of two minds. But I can be completely honest with you, and I don't think enough people have said this. The way that it happened was so fucking random. And people are willing to look past that because they don't like Ronda and they wanted to split up Shayna or whatever. It was cool. It was surprising. I get it. It's a swerve ball. But you can't just do a swerve for the sake of a swerve. It does have to make sense. Now, I know she tried to explain it on Raw. The logic was fine. The question is, why would she go ahead and win the tag titles with this woman and then turn on her halfway through the match? That made no sense. Zero sense. Why not wait until after they lose the titles? It made Liv and Raquel look completely like an afterthought because they won only because of that. They didn't win clean. The tag division still a mess. as based on that gauntlet that we saw in Raw this week. Um, I just thought the timing was fucking weird. Again, I think they did it just to shock people, and it worked. It was shocking, but it's like okay, but it has to make sense though. She, she looks like a fucking she looks like an idiot. I don't know. It just it was it was weird because why would she waste all this time with Ronda? And there was zero, unless I was not paying attention, zero tension teased between the two going into that show and during that match. That didn't make any sense to me at all. The important thing on the plus side is that hopefully Shayna can benefit from this. And Ronda, say what you will about her, but, you know, if she's willing to put over her friend on the way out, I think that's admirable, and that's pretty cool. I don't know if they'll stick with Shayna and continue pushing her after Ronda's gone. I'm very skeptical about that, because we've seen this before, where Shayna's, you know, been there while Ronda wasn't there. They didn't even push Shayna while Ronda was there. They don't give a shit about Shayna Baszler, in my opinion. I think she's great. I don't think they care about her that, uh, that much to make her a featured part of that division. Whatever. Um, I think it'd be cool if they rolled, you know, ran it back with her and Rhea. This time with the roles reversed from NXT, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I like the Shayna turn, a, a turn, quote unquote. But I just feel like more thought should have been put into it, and it didn't feel so rushed. Now I know she, Ronda. It was said, I think someone, maybe Meltzer or something. This was always the plan, but they had to rush it because Ronda got hurt and they won the tag titles later than they wanted to. Okay, but plant some seeds of dissension, or at least have them turn on each other afterward. Uh, I feel like that would have made a little yeah. bit more sense. What we got was just bizarre, but I mean, it was cool though. And the, the promos on Raw—that was the best Shayna promo I probably have ever heard from her in WWE, at least on the main roster. So more of that would be great. So I think for me, cause I was outside during this. This is happening at three o'clock in the afternoon, and I was outside. And then I'm seeing stuff on Twitter. I said, "Oh shit, okay." I thought I, what I thought happened was that they had lost the match first. Yeah. You I seen Shayna, you know, choking Ronda. I said, oh, shit, she turned on her. She, they must have lost the tag titles. Ronda must have got pinned or Shayna must have got pinned and Ronda was blaming her and they got into a back and forth and that's what happened. And then I'm like, I go watch the replay and I'm like, oh, this is during the fucking match. Yep. And I'm like, and Ronda's like, all right, this and that. And then blindsided by Shayna, I'm like, oh, shit. 
But like you said, there was no tension going into it. There was nothing like backstage. Like there was no look. There was no. nothing during the match. Like uh, something like it was nothing. And uh, again, maybe it was a shock value of being in London, and then you got five weeks till SummerSlam. You want to build guess, that program. Yeah. And uh, again, we again we don't know if Ronda is going to remain with the company afterward. But it's a, it's a nice builder for Shayna. Um, I'm thinking like Dan, they they just got together. <laughs> They just got there a few months ago. They just got the straps uh, not too long ago. And like, boom, a turn. And now the turn is like, all right, I turned on you and I'm the good guy for for the time being. Because that shows how much people hate, despise this Ronda Rousey experiment with the company. But listen, as long as you got me and you talking about it, it's something and uh, re- remains to be seen what to do in, in, the, in the lead up to the SummerSlam. But um, if this is if this is Ronda's final match with the company, um, like what do you what do you grade her overall experience with the company? Like, do you feel like it's kind of like still kind of like incomplete to a degree? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, if you're talking like this second run, or are you just talking overall? I mean, I'm just saying overall, like, and I know she, she, she was dead. And then she, you know, she had a kid. She came back. Yeah. It's been, kind of, it's been kind of funky. So, like, maybe just the, just the overall, what, five years that she's been with the company. Ah, oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean, she, she missed almost three years of that uh, due to the pregnancy. But in the time, listen, I love the first Ronda run from when she first came in in 2018. I thought she had an amazing in-ring debut at WrestleMania. She was booked well. She went undefeated for an entire time that she was there. Had a, some very good matches as champion as well with Alexa. Uh, not not really Alexa Bliss, but more so Sasha and Bailey. And then ended up, you know, the triple threat of Mania was good. Not great, but it was good. Uh, Ruby Soho even. Ruby Ruby Riot at the time she had a couple good matches with. <clears throat> so the second run she comes back. And I was happy to see her back. I was probably one of the few that was excited to see her back. And she's just done nothing as far as living up to the hype. Um, it's been one disappointment after another from her character work to the way she's been booked to her promos to her in-ring work. Just nothing has really clicked, either as a babyface or as a heel. And then, then her and Sheena finally get something going as a team, and I think they work well together, and they split up. It's like, I don't know what we're doing. Anything, anytime Ronda starts to catch fire with something, there, there's a little bit of a spark. It's either cut short or botched. The Liv Morgan feud sucked. Um, I mean, that just was completely botched and she was the one who was supposed to be turning heel and people didn't like that or they, they cheered Rhonda cause she was a badass more than live. The matches mm-hmm. weren't good. Um, she had a match with Shotzi last year at survivor series. That was not good at all. Um, Charlotte takes the belt from her. Rhonda disappears for like two months. She comes back randomly. No one cares. It just, she is the farthest thing from what she was when she first came in, which is a spectacle or an attraction. She is the farthest thing from that at this point. She has regressed, it seems like, in the ring and as a character, which is kind of spectacular. I don't know how that happened. So, I don't know. This second run has been just a, a fucking travesty. Because as someone who, I, I never really, I don't hate Ronda. I don't love Ronda, whatever. But I was a fan of her work. And she's just lost any of that aura that she had when she first came into the company. Or when she first came back last year. It's really just been one thing after another losing at mania last year was another thing she lost for and like she ended up winning a backlash anyway why not just win at wrestlemania very dumb but um mm. yeah I, I as far as how i would grade it probably a c plus i would say just because this run has lasted longer than her last run and this run has been just not good at all i mean i know she's won the tag titles she won the smackdown women's title twice 
none of those reigns were overly memorable or good. So it's kind of say it's kind of hard to say. Oh, you know, she's had a great run, um, but I, I preferred her first run over this one personally. Mm. I want to get to the main event before I let you go. Um, the Bloodline Civil War, the Usos against Solo and Roman Reigns. Uh, the Usos get the victory in a match that was about a half hour long. Um, this has been the storyline, the main storyline in the company for God knows how long, two plus years, maybe, maybe three. And um, we're slowly, slowly, slowly seeing the, the, the crumbling of the bloodline, the Roman Empire. And for the first time in since 2019, we saw Roman Reigns get pinned clean in the ring uh, by Jey Uso. And I think that caught a lot of people off guard. And you know, when you go into these matches, you're thinking, "Oh, Roman's gonna win. There's gonna be some bullshit happening. Referee gets hurt, and this come this this interference, and Roman and Roman wins." And that was happening until the very end when they kicked out, and I was like, "Oh shit, you might see something new here." And then you saw the Usos win with Roman getting pinned. Now Solo, Roman got the pin. Now, um, I know you're a big Cody guy. You're still standing here in July saying Cody should have won the title. At WrestleMania, but you told me offline that you you are in love with this Bloodline storyline. I think a lot of, a lot of people are. Um, but when you see the Usos not only win the match, but they pin Roman Reigns, does that catch you off guard? And does that make you say, damn, all right, when Roman does lose the belt to Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 40, it might take a, it might take a little away from that luster of like, damn, Roman never got pinned in the four-year time frame except for Cody Rose, but now he got pinned over Jey Uso. Yeah, that's the question here. Was it worth it? As far as was Jey Uso pinning Roman worth it if he's not going to win the championship? I was always of the mindset, I still am of the mindset, that whoever Roman beats whoever beats Roman for the championship should also be the first person to pin him for the first time in three and a half, four years or whatever. Uh, four and a half years come Mania next year. You know, I, I don't hate what they did because if they were going to do what they did and they did it, then at least it was Jey Uso, and I think they did it in the best possible way. It was a tag team match. It wasn't one-on-one. They can still say he hasn't been beaten one-on-one in three and a half years or whatever, because that was the last time he was pinned before, and that was against Corbin, and it was a singles match. Um, It was a tag team match, and it was Jey Uso. Jey Uso was the one who this whole story started with three and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever it was. And him being the one to pin Roman and also being the first one to pin Roman for the first time in WWE in general, like 10 years ago or whatever, it's a nice symmetry there. It's it's poetic in a way. Um, yeah. So I like that. And it made for a great reaction. It sets up a title match that he's probably going to lose and he should lose. They were going to have him beat Roman, then he would have been the first one to beat Roman at SummerSlam as opposed to Money in the Bank. So just a, I hate to rain on people's parade, but I don't think he's winning the championship. I don't think he should win the championship anyway. I love Jey Uso, but it would be... This was good for a moment. That was what I liked about this. It was good for a moment, and it wasn't something. That's why I think this worked in a way. I don't think you needed to do it, but at least Jey Uso finally gets something over Roman after all these years of taking abuse. Uh, I don't want to say G, I don't want to see Jey Uso as world champion. I don't think he's a viable world champion for more than a month or two. I know you could say the same thing. Oh, like Kofi was champion for six months, but yeah, I mean, I would rather see Kofi's main event there over fucking. I love Jey Uso. I think the guy's amazing. I don't think he's a perennial main eventer. I don't. Upper mid-card player, United States Intercontinental Champion, sure. World Champion, I, I just don't see it. Um, I just don't think on his own 
as a world champion defending. I mean, challenging, sure, is one thing. Defending it is another. So the answer to me is no. But at least he got to get one over Roman Reigns. So it made for a good moment. And, and, and it worked in that way. So I can't complain too much. And it ended the crowd. It ended the show on a very positive note, which we don't typically see. Usually Roman wins, LOL, and that's it. And we go off the air. So it made for a really nice reaction to close out the show last weekend. Yeah. Then you see, like, just a reaction from Solo, you know, when when Roman thought he had the pin and the solo, and he's like, you know, crying and emotional and shit in the ring. And Solo's like, like, yo, bro, like, get, get, get the fuck up, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. what's wrong with you? And then you start seeing those signs like, is Roman tweaking? Is he losing his power? Is he losing confidence, losing the focus? Like, oh, is, is it really breaking down? And the person, the people you lose to is your family. So now it's like, all right, we get that out the way. Now you got to worry about maybe a Roman J Uso match at at SummerSlam for yeah. for the title. No, exactly. Um, I mean, we're at a point now with the world. I don't think. Yeah, yeah I don't That's think right there's right. A, a a tag match coming. I think there's gonna be a singles. But then what do you do with Jimmy Uso? What do you do with Solo? Like, is it gonna be like they're you know outside and everything? But I think the way they did it, as you mentioned. Everything started with Roman and Jay Uso in the fucking pandemic, the Thunderdome, three years ago. Yeah. And like you said, it's poetic that Jay Uso gets the pin, but it's like a cool for a moment. But now, all right, all that shit stops. Now we're gonna get, yeah, I'm yeah. getting right back on track. I'm, 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 I'm a, you know, kick your ass at SummerSlam and yeah. keep on going as world champion and see what happens from there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I like it. I like work. No, I mean, I thought it made for a great moment, but we're at a point now where I just feel like he has to win the championship. Whoever beats Roman at some point, I just feel like we're at a point now where, I mean, it ha- we have it has to happen at WrestleMania. That's yeah. the tough thing because we're just so close to that. And at least Jey Uso finally gets one over him, and I think that's fine. And it sets up a match for SummerSlam that everyone's looking forward to, but I don't know. I just think it has to end at WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes taking the title. I just think that makes the most sense. So real quick, as of right now, SummerSlam, if, if we had the book... It's probably gonna be Roman and Jay, Ron Cena, who was a Brock and Cody. Yeah. So that's three. That could be Hell in a Cell too. I ain't gonna lie. For which one? For Brock and Cody. I mean, there's gonna be a stipulation. I hope so. I mean, there there will be. I know that for a fact. I mean, why not? I mean, why wouldn't there be? I mean, there's going to be a stipulation. <laughs> it's just more a matter of what it is. Hell in the Cell would be fun, but didn't we just see one at WrestleMania? I mean, that's the question. We just saw one with, um, with Edge and Finn Balor. Yeah. Want to do another one for a couple yeah, months later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 run it back, run it back. Um, okay. but I think that's it for, for SummerSlam at, at the moment, right? Um, damn, who am I forgetting? I think those are the three. Um, does Rhea defend the title? Um, does um, Oscar defend yeah. the title? Oh, yeah, Gunther and Drew McIntyre, probably. Oscar will. I think it's going to be Oscar, Belair, and Charlotte in triple threat. Rhea, I don't know. She just beat Ritten Italia on Monday. So you have those matches. Ronda Sheena, possibly, if they want to do that at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Brock and Cody, Rollins and whatever he's doing, Roman and right. Jay. Um there were a couple. There were at least one or two other matches because they had a pretty solid full card. You said Ricochet and Logan Paul. Ricochet and Logan Paul is another one. LA Knight and Austin Theory, possibly. Okay. It's a pretty loaded card right there. 
honestly. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of singles matches. One night though, we're doing one night. We ain't doing two nights SummerSlam. One night. Yeah, no, no, exactly. <laughs> um, Graham Matthews, uh, oh, greatly appreciate you coming on the show, man. You can find Graham on social media, Twitter at WrestleRants. Uh, find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, also on Amazon Music, YouTube.com slash cruise control podcast again grand great work for bleacher report and fan sided ddt uh find myself rainy j cruise on ig and twitter uh download rate comment subscribe all that good stuff show some love support for your boys on the program grandma man love you bro always appreciate it i know we'll chop it up soon much love brother appreciate you always having me on and look forward to the next one all right man take it easy all right you too adios all right